Our culture is disintegrating. Hey, pass the salt. It's time. It's time. Hey, you, pass the salt. You know why it's disintegrating? Because we're jellyfish. <laughs> pass the salt, will you? Pass the salt. Pass the salt, amigo. It's time. <laughs> it's time. I think they could give us a new name. I believe we are Evan Jellyfish. Hey, will you pass the salt? Pass the salt. We need salt over here. It's time for Pass the Salt. Pass the salt. But we like to share the gospel without any backbone to it, see? The views, opinions, and seemingly outrageous comments expressed in this program are based on the Holy Spirit leading of a man called Coach. I gotta ask you this out there, Christian America. It's time for Pass the Salt with a coach, Dave Daubenmeyer. Well, 77 years ago, my parents got uh, got married. 77 years ago yesterday, my mom and my dad got married. My sister made me aware of that yesterday. You understand how you understand how short life is. I mean, really, how short our lifespan here on Earth really, really is. And do we really even understand? Uh, golly, do we really even understand the passage of time and history and? whether we're getting the real story, getting the real scoop, and just so many things. You know, the Bible tells us there's nothing hidden and not be revealed. Uh, not going to be any secrets when this whole thing's over. And, man, I'm, we're, in the, we're in the middle. Sorry, I'm sitting a little bit farther back today just because I wasn't, wasn't always in everybody's face. Can you hear me okay, Myra? You got me all right? Can you hear me all right? Cool. Yes. Um, thanks, dear. Uh, just, I, I, so, listen, I got, I got a great show for you. I got an intriguing show this morning. For us this morning, because I was what a night's sleep I had last night. Thank you, Lord, for that night's sleep. Bunch of us were at the Awaken America uh, event in in um, Canton. Get my brain. Come on, brain. Go. Come on. Come on. It's packed. Can you throw some of those pictures up there real quick, Spence? Did I send those to you? I know I did. Maybe yeah. Gary Gary Pierce took these pictures. This is this was uh, about three thousand people in the room. Wake uh, Clay Clark's Awaken America tour. It was it was. It's pretty, uh, pretty amazing. Big names. Can, let me let me make a couple points here before I get into what I really want to do today. Uh, we're stargazers, friends. We're stargazers. We all love to have our pictures, including me. We all love to have our pictures taken with celebrities. And this is becoming. I, I'm all for Clay Clark and what he's doing here. Don't take this wrong. But this is becoming. Uh, this has become a a celebrity. Uh, it's, it's become a celebrity. It's becoming a celebrity event. Now, we had some non-celebrities up there. Uh, our local Candace Keller did a great job. She had, They gave all the speakers about 10 or 15 minutes, and uh, she did She did a great job. Some Sometimes the ones who make the greatest impacts are names you don't know. Michael Flynn was there. You know, the, it was uh, funniest, one of the funniest moments I ever had in my life was with a guy named Jim Brewer. Did about 30-minute stand-up comedy on where we are in America. It was un- unbelievable. But here's the problem. As I walk away from that event, and it's always the same. And you guys who uh, watch regularly know what know what I'm talking about. Three thousand people in there, and if I could p- point at that picture, well, you guys can't see me pointing at the picture, but if I could point at the picture, right at the very bottom here towards us is the lady with a red hat, or white hat. I'm sorry. See the lady with the white hat? Yeah, you see her. Now, chances are the yeah, right here, right here. We're not. I'm not. You don't have to zoom in on. I don't want to embarrass. That's okay. So there she sits. Go back to the big picture. She sits over here at this end of the auditorium, packed house. And take the marker, Spencer, and go clear over the far end of the thing. Yeah, right, clear over there. What if there's somebody sitting over there that lives 10 miles from her and she never even knew she was there? And when those people leave that meeting, we had the greatest opportunity ever to organize people into local groups, and nobody has that vision but me, it seems like. I don't understand. Go back to the big picture again, folks. <clears throat> if everybody raised their hand, what if, what if somebody just stood up and said, hey, everybody from Northwest Ohio, will you stand? And then let the people from Northwest Ohio stand. And you can look around the room and say, okay, now you guys get together over here in this corner. Everybody from North, uh, Southeast Ohio stand. And everybody stand up and up. They would network. They would fellowship. They would get together. They would organize. I don't know why. It was just unbelievably great, great information. But you know, you know, friends, everybody in that room, everybody there knew most of the information. Now, they didn't know the 
deep details and, you know, the nitty gritty, but they all knew that we're in a mess, that our world's falling apart. And it's only the church. It was very, 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 very Christian, very Christian, Christ centered. Oh my goodness. It was Christ centered. So we all know something's wrong. Why won't you get us together? Let us get together. Is there anybody down here from the Cincinnati area? Oh yeah, there are. Well, you guys go right over here and spend about 30 minutes getting to know each other. Never happens. Never happens. Other than that, it was a great event. Saw a lot of good God-fearing people there. Some salt and light brigaders. I saw salt and light brigaders where I saw cross hats. People I didn't even know. Not a lot of them, but they were there. Awesome. So it was a, it was a great event, and I got something else. I'm not going to spend any more time talking about that. But thanks for Gary and Debbie coming out taking those pictures. And Betty and the Lamples were there. And, and uh, who am I forgetting? Emma was there. And... Michelle's going to yell at me because I forgot. Joe, somebody else. Joe. What's that? Joe uh, from Wisconsin. Joe was Yeah, I said it was people. Amazing. Yep. John Dime. It was good. It was really, really good. I love all you guys. Appreciate that. Wait a minute. I don't love all of you. I don't know all of you. Those I know I love. Most of you. So uh, I want to jump into something else because I've been, I've been itching. The Lord got me up. I slept like a rock last night. And the Lord got me up this morning, and I'm refreshed. I got my Brideon show later on today. I got to meet Bob Denny, who is the uh, guy who runs Brideon. He was there, and Plumber Bob, and made some, just a, it, was a great, it was a great weekend. Myra wants to pray. I know she does. I, I feel her. So, Myra, go ahead and pray for us here this morning, sister. Thank you, Coach. Good morning, Huddle. Lord Jesus, we read in Isaiah 28:18 that your covenant with death shall be disannulled and your agreement with hell shall not stand. Holy Spirit, you're welcome at Coach Dave Huddle. Today I proclaim victory over Satan by putting the whole armor of God. The Huddle decrees to the truckers, Psalm 121:8, the Lord shall preserve the going out and the coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. I release heaven, the love, and peace and blessings of God to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, Amen. Myra. Well done, Myra. God bless you. Joe Allen, quickly. You said uh, about meeting, everybody assembling. Yes, Pulled sir. up that stick, man, and that's what you saw that night. Joe, everybody, hey, Joe, wants, <laughs> everybody wants knowledge, but they don't yep. want to do nothing. No, Joe, listen, it's more than that. It's stargazing. It's stargazing. Uh, they want to see. Listen, God bless these. God bless General Flynn. God bless uh, all, all of them. Mikevitz, Judy Mikevitz and Sherry Tenpenny. And folks, we are no closer today of having a team together. We're still out there all alone. Every one of those 3,000. Are you looking at me? Are you guys looking at me? These people sitting in those seats paid $250 a seat. If you're a VIP, you paid $500 a seat to sit there. 3,000 people and leave there not knowing anybody. I'm just... I'm not critical. I'm saying, wake the hell up here. There's our team. There's our team right there. Amen. And they don't know each other. In fact, Bill and Sandy Lample were there. I didn't get a chance to. I sat in one place. They sat in another place. I didn't get a chance to spend any time with them. Why? Well, I didn't know when they went out to pee. They didn't know when I went out to pee. I mean, folks, from the time we walked in there, I'm not making this up. It starts at like nine o'clock in the morning. Every 15 minutes, there's another speaker. No breaks, no lunch break, no supper break, nonstop speakers for two straight days. Great information, encouraging Jesus first, King of Kings, Lord of Lords, awesome, awesome stuff. And sitting in that room are people who are like-minded and they had no opportunity to get together. Betty, am I making it up? Am I, am, I, am I making this up, Betty? No, you aren't. It was crazy. I felt so bad because I did see Bill occasionally or Sandy here and there, but 
you're right. We didn't get or Joe. I I felt so bad because I couldn't even find Joe. Yeah, well, you, know? I, you know what it is? I didn't want. I didn't want to talk to Betty. God bless Betty. I didn't want to talk to Betty. I wanted to talk to some other like-minded person in Ohio. That's what I wanted to talk to. Say, how can we partner together? How can we work together? And there was no opportunity. It's, anyway, praise the Lord. It's all over. Are you guys sitting down? This is going to be Information Monday because I got. I I'm just telling you. I'm not going back off of it, okay? <clears throat> I'm not going to back off of the truth. And I'm going to give you the truth, and you're going to have to decide what you want to do with the truth, okay? And I got some emails this week, and they're always good. People are good. Send me nice emails, the commentaries, whatever. And they, they uh, the giant thing gets them. They don't like that giant thing. They don't like that giant thing. And they don't like that giant thing because they haven't been taught. And I'm not here today. Go ahead and listen. I'm going to talk about, I'm going to give you some evidence today. If you want it, you can tune, turn off and go watch somebody else if you want. That's perfectly fine with me. But I'm going to show you evidence, real hard evidence of the giants all throughout the Bible. Now, whether or not they're returning as Nephilim and whether they're going to come back and eat us all that, I'm not even talking about that. But I understand that there was a real true race of giants in the world in, re, would we call that recent history? I don't know if it's recent history or not. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just sit back and relax here because I'm going to take you on a journey. I'm going to start you with a video that, by the way, was it, uh, uh, Rich, you sent that to me, didn't you? Pulled up there. This is uh, John, second number one. Yeah, uh, folks, look. At the bottom of this video, it tells you when this video was made. When was this video made, Spencer? Can you scroll down there a little bit? Uh, what's the date on that thing, buddy? Um, February 20th. What? February 20th, 2022. Well, that'd be like yesterday, right? February, it said 35,000 views. Evidence of biblical Nephilim giants found in northern Israel. This came out yesterday, okay? Yesterday. Now, understand this, friends. Please be brave enough to understand that there are things being revealed to us now that have never been revealed to us before. Are you with me? There's an unveiling and a revealing that's taking place. Spencer, kick this thing at about the 1.5 mark, okay? Okay? I'm just going to show you that Goliath wasn't the only guy, okay? This is, this is from somebody I don't even know. Evidence of biblical Nephilim giants found in northern Israel on February 20th. Go ahead and play that real quick. This is Dapu 7. Some interesting information here in regards to biblical giants. And shout out to D. White on this one. They're talking now of this new docuseries that's about to launch. And in it, they're going to release new findings in terms of what they have found in these expeditions beginning in Israel looking for these biblical giants. But they give away some clues here as to the places that they were at and some of the findings here thus far. Now you're looking at a site called Gilgah Rapham. This is a very intricate series of rings that sits up in the Golan. And that's where they start. They go biblical with this right where the Nephilim started, the whole story. Mount Hermon. Talked about this so many times on the live streams. Me and Casey in the past broke down the scar on the earth up there from where something hit it or landed there or something and left an imprint at this location. The UN also has a base up there and Israel is always creeping up the side of the Golan, launching missiles from it Freeze down a into Syria. Well, this is big. Folks, so, so you get a perspective on this. Down here at the very corner are people standing. Do you see them down here at the very left corner? There are people standing. Look off in the distance. There are like cattle or something out in the field, right? So this is like a this is like the serpent mound. These are these are mounds, okay? So that you get an idea. Look how look how big the mounds are compared to the people standing there. Go ahead and play it. Big time, in terms of biblical history, this is where the famous Og was said to be. Okay, this wheel of giants is what this is called right here. They're now saying that this rock formation in the Golan. That from the ground, it appears as a random pile of rocks. But when you start to rise above it, it starts to get quite impressive. It reveals itself to be five concentric rings, with the outer ring measuring more than 500 feet wide. At the center of this mound, there's a loose stone of over 65 feet in diameter, and it's over 16 feet tall. Now, this is covering a central chamber that is carved into the solid rock bed below. Now, they're saying that this place began construction somewhere around 3500 BCE or further back. The purpose of the site still a mystery. They're debating back and forth. They say potentially something could be buried here. They're saying also that bodies could have been laid out here to decompose in this spot. And then they took the bones over to another spot. 
they compare this to the Serpent Mound in Ohio, which I've been to and I've got drone footage of as well. They say the name Bashan is derived from the proto-Semitic root Ugaritic term meaning serpent. And they say that there are significant findings here that the entranceway to the center looks out to the sunrise of the summer solstice. Now they're saying that there's notches in the walls that are indicating the spring and the fall equinoxes. Other markings here indicating star rises show that they were tracking all this way back then. And they had the intelligence to do so. So they're saying that this would have allowed this site to be used to predict the beginning of different seasons, which is a critical survival skill. So this is all coming out of the same area of the biblical Og, the flood, going into Deuteronomy. As an Og was named in Deuteronomy 311 as the only remaining man from the Rephah, from these giants. And to get his size, all you got to do is measure his bed that they told you how big it was. 14 foot long, 16 foot wide. 14 foot long bed, huh? He was a giant. And that's some of the latest stuff that they're talking about here. There's going to be okay, new, that's good. new information that's good. released in this document. Okay, hang on. Come on. Go. Hey, folks, listen. There's nothing hidden that will not be revealed. There's an unveiling and a revealing going on now like we have never, ever seen. Now, this is hard. This is this. Here's what's really hard about this, what we're doing here this morning. You go to your pastor, and he, he, he didn't believe in it. He said, oh, well, you can. Oh, that's, that's just crazy stuff. That's just that's just stay away from that. That's conspiracy theory stuff. Oh, okay, well, hang on, hang on. Okay, then if that's what it is, somebody help me out here. It's an unveiling. Go down where it says China. It says China. Click on that, Spencer. This came out what February twenty first. Well, I'll be dead gone. That's like two days ago, wasn't it? No, that'd be like today. What? Can't be. That's what it says. Right before Messiah, U.S. will fight. No, go on down. That's not what I'm looking for. Did I give you the wrong thing? That's why it says that. Ah, oh, Spencer, I daggone, I missed that thing up. Biblical remains of biblical giants found. Do you see that, Spencer? Scroll back up and through there. I can't believe I messed that up. Okay. Look at this, folks. February 21st. Just, no, that's not true. This was, uh, and there it is, July 6, 2017. I'm sorry. Thank you. Discovery of biblical Nephilim remains opens questions over giants' rules in the end of days. Archaeologists have discovered a collection of 5,000-year-old graves in China that contain remarkably tall skeletons, a description strongly reminiscent of the biblical Nephilim, who are believed to also play a significant role in the final battle on Mount Zion at the end of the days. If pictures... Many of them are unusually tall. The heck? What's this all about? Say, Coach, I was in church my whole life. I never heard about giants. I heard about Goliath. I never heard. There's evidence popping up everywhere, stuff going on. Now, wait a minute. Wait a minute. How about this? Go to the top 10 giants in the Bible. What? Yeah. Make that bigger. Top 10 giants in the Bible. It's not commonly known that God, Goliath is not the only giant in the, in the Bible or that was currently not the tallest. For those who, who know their Bible, the Bible is full of giants. And as early as Genesis 6-4, we see the Nephilim or race of giants coming on the scene. Since we see man fresh from creator's hand, averaging more than 900 years in longevity, yada, yada, yada. We come down, they call the Nephilim, the Rephaims, the Amons, the Zazumans, the Zumans, the Anakim, Anak. What? Yeah, okay, so who are the biggest ones? Why, Og was the king of Bashan. Deuteronomy chapter 3. It says, for only Og, king of Bashan, remained of the remnant of the giants. Take notes and check it yourself. Behold, his bedstead was a bedstead of iron. It's not a rabbit or the children of Ammon. Nine cubits was the length thereof. Four cubits, the breadth of it, and the cubit of a man. While we are not given his height, the length of his bed was longer than Goliath's height, but three three yards. Number two, Goliath of Gath, the most famous giant in the Bible. Go down there. Folks, I'm not going to read all this because it's boring, but you can read. How tall was Goliath? Second Samuel 17, 4 says what? How was it? What was he? I lost it. And there, stop. And there were, there went out champion out of the camp of Gath, Philistines and Goliath of Gath, whose height was six cubits in a span. How big was a cubit? Anybody help me out? How big was a cubit? 18 inches, length of your arm, the elbow, 18 inches. Can be can be 24 inches too, Coach. It was both. Could be 24 inches. So he was 2 feet, 6, it would be 12. Goliath was at least 12 feet. And a span. Now, I don't know what a span means. It's more than that, right? 
Well, let's go on. We all heard about John, Goliath. We, we think it's a fairy tale. Then we go to three. Who is Ishinabelab, son of Goliath? It's in 2 Samuel 21, 16 through 7. This giant almost got revenge for his father's death by almost killing David in the battle, and the latter felt faint. But unfortunately for David, his valiant nephew Abishai killed him. We do not have any record of his height, but we do know that his spear was half the weight of Goliath's spear, which would have been very heavy. Then there was Saf. What? Yes, Second Samuel 2.18. Check it out. First Chronicles 26. Saf was also a son of Goliath of Gath. His name Saf means tall, while Sippai means threshold, coming from a Hebrew word. Coach Duck Dick. Since he was taller, taller than a door in those days. Then we have Lomni, Second Chronicles 21. Chronicles 20. He does not give his name. Let me profess my statement on him by saying that the King James Version, whenever there's a word of, or words in italics, these words are not in original Hebrew. Larry would tell us that. But were supplied and added. So he was a brother of Gath, Goliath, the Gittite. The words brother are not the original text. It should read that he was of the Gittites, meaning that he was one of Goliath's sons. Going down, Lami. Number six. What, there's more? Oh, yeah, an unusual anonymous giant. It's not an unusual anonymous giant, Goliath. A son of, was also a son of Goliath. Don't know his hand, but it's in 2 Samuel 21 20. Onik. Onik was the father of Onikim. Any man who engendered a race of a man, any man who engendered a race of giants had to be have been quite a giant himself. His very name Onik means long necked, attributed to his height, since he himself was a son of a giant. His descendants were called Onikim, or the children of Onik, the fearsome race of giants that Israel encountered on the way to the promised land. From the evidence, uh, can, uh, from the available evidence, you can assume that Goliath of Gath himself is a descendant of Onik. That's Joshua eleven twenty two. There was none of the Onikims left in the land of the children of Israel, only in Gaza, in Gath, and Ashdod there remained. Folks, there were giants. Moses sent out 12 spies to spy out the land of Canaan. Ten of them came back saying in Numbers 13, 13 33, and there, were, there we saw the giants, the son of Anik, which come of the giants. And we were in our own sight grasshoppers. Are you, are you following us? And then there were the children of Anak, Amon. Who is he? I don't know, but he's mentioned in Numbers and Joshua and the Judges. And Sheshai, son of Anak. He was mentioned in Numbers. What's where I'm getting lost here? Joshua. Then Talmai, he was son of Anak. His name means ridge. Not be surprised if it was a mountain ridge, being alluded to as soon as exaggeration was high, would be a giant. That's in Numbers, Joshua, and Judges. And then number 11. What, why, well, I said the top 10. But how can I leave out Arba, the father of Anik? Top 11 is not as catchy as top 10. Arba is the father of Anik. Little is known about Arba except that he was the father of Anik, who was the father of that giant race called Anakim. There it is, Joshua, Joshua, Joshua. In the name of Hebron, which is where I live, by the way, before it was Kiljabatha, which Arba was a great man among the Anakims. The word for great here can also mean large or high. The same word great was used to talk about Anakims as giants. The Enims dwelt therein in the past. A great people, many tall and tall as the Anakims. A great, a people great and many and tall as the Anakims. But the Lord destroyed before them, and they succeeded and dwelt in the stead. Deuteronomy 9 verse 2. People great and tall called the Anakims, whom thou knowest, and of whom thou hast heard say, who can stand before the children of Anak? So, that, folks, it's all throughout the Bible. Now, I, I don't want to confuse this as to whether or not, hang on. Do they come down and marry? Do the angels come down and create the Nephilim? Okay, you want to argue about Okay, Okay. But to say that there weren't giants in the Bible, in conclusion, Samson, notwithstanding his great strength, had to be, have been a brave man to have been wandering around and sleeping around in Gath, which was known for its giants. He's called Goliath of Gath. The tallest men today would have felt like grasshoppers like Israel next to these giants. Maybe we would feel like ants in front of giants. Hmm. Really? Anybody ever read any of that in the Bible? Raise your hand if you said, Coach, I, I never, I've been in church my whole life. I never saw any of that. I never saw any of that. It's popping up everywhere today. They're finding them in China. They're finding them in Israel. They're finding these megaliths everywhere. What's going on? There's an unveiling and a revealing. It's, it's not knowledge will increase. Remember that? The Bible says knowledge will increase. Some of this stuff's been hidden from us, my friends. 
Wait a minute, I got, I got to give you another one. Got, what, what is that one? This one just came out. You guys like Chuck Missler? You like Chuck Missler? Like Chuck Missler? Click on that one, number five. Chuck Missler. I found, I, I oops, not that one. <clears throat> Chuck Missler. You guys know him? He's a respected Bible teacher. He's not some crazy guy like me. This is a 25-minute, 21-second video of Chuck Missler talking about Mount Hermon, where the giants, uh, the angels fell at Mount Hermon. It's a, it's a, it's, folks, it's un- unbelievable, right? This stuff is all throughout the Bible, yet they laugh and snicker and call me a conspiracy theorist or kook, whatever, when I simply bring what's in the Bible. Just click on that a second so they can see it's a real Chuck Missler and some other expert that's with him. Mount Hermon, gate of the fallen angels. Put that in the chat. This is worth watching because it's just down to earth and plain as can be. This is what happened. Along the far northern border of Israel lies Mount Hermon. It is an exotic mountain, and it is the place where, according to ancient historical writings, the fallen angels came down before the flood and consorted with the daughters of men. Gary Stearman is here to discuss with me Mount Hermon, Gate of the Fallen Angels. And J.R., if you stand in northern Israel today and look to the northeast, you'll see snow-capped Mount Hermon. It's beautiful. Three peaks, the tallest of which is 9,166 feet. But, J.R., there is an aura about Mount Hermon. There is a, a spiritual quality about it, and it is not a positive spiritual quality. In fact, its very name, Hermon, according to Jerome, translator of the Latin Vulgate Bible, means forbidden or accursed. It's thought of as a forbidden place. Why would this be so? Isn't that amazing? By, by the way, folks, this is where Jesus stood with his disciples and said, upon this rock, we're going to build a church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against what? Mount Hermon, which means wicked and evil. We just heard uh, Gary Stearman say that, right? Put this in the chat. You can watch. I, I'm, going to, I'm going to slow down a minute. I got so much to say today. Michelle, come on in then, Larry. Thank you, Coach. Morning, family. Um, Coach, I just want us to be very careful when we put giants as only the Nephilim. I believe in giants because the Bible teaches about it like Goliath. But the Bible never says the Nephilim Goliath came to attack them. They specifically say giants. So in that thing when they say the Nephilim is only the giants, I think that's very sketchy because that makes us wait for giants before we'll feel like we're in the days of Noah. I think it's a spirit. And it's not just big people. I think it's evil people too. The Nephilim is an infiltration of the demonic, of the demonic realm into the human realm. Well, the, so that's because the Nephilim were the fallen angels. The 200 fallen angels, they were the Nephilim. And they produced children called Raphaim. They were the children of the children of the fallen. Making sense here, folks? Oh, this is so deep. This is so deep. We have been so... Go ahead, Larry. Yeah, I just, I just want you know, you, you made a comment a while ago that just kind of clicked something in my brain. Uh, they're finding all this evidence of literal, huge, giant people re- uh, remains all around the world. Now that was done here in the United States from the early 1800s all the way up, at least through the 1870s, even 1890s. Literally hundreds of giant skeletons were found. There were thousand plus. That, you know, reputable newspaper articles about the finding. There were rec- reputable doctors that that took over the remains and ended up sending them to the every one of them. These newspaper articles indicate was sent to the Smithsonian somewhere. So, Larry, was, has this Larry has this stuff been hidden from us, or have we just chosen? Have our pastors just chosen not to talk about this? What do you well, think? The Smithsonian hid it hid the information, is still hiding the information, still denying they ever saw a giant or heard of a giant come into their possession. And our, quote, pastors are going along with the, with the Smithsonian. Um, they don't story. know. That's right, right? People are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Silver. Good morning, Coach. Uh, let's, let's backtrack a little bit. Uh, a span, just so you know, is that far from here. 
Oh, yeah? Or no, excuse me, from here to here. All right, so it's like six inches maybe, huh? Yeah, mine's about Whatever eight Whatever it be. Okay, cool. So six okay. cubits and in a span. I didn't know and that. Then the other thing about the Nephilim, the Nephilim are not the fallen angels. The Nephilim no. are the offspring. Offspring of the fallen angels. Of the fallen angels with the women of the world. That's right. That's right. Okay. And so it's generational, folks. And isn't it funny if you just, I did some research this morning. A lot of them were in Hebron. Hebron. And what's, what's right over the hill here? Now, I'm, listen, I'm not trying to make Hebron more important than it is. But why, huh? Right over this hill is a big, the largest pyramid in North America. Right over here, over this hill, near Hebron. Called a coincidence, I guess. Rochelle, come in, then Kevin. I got more. Stay with me. Hey, good morning, team. Um, yeah, so, you know, your serpent mound there in Ohio, I think yes. that's uh, based on a like the 18 and a half year lunar cycle or something along those lines. And those, They all have to do with that, Rochelle. They all have yeah. to do that with the way they're designed, folks. It was a measurement yes. of the seasons. That's what it was, the way they exactly. built the structures so that they were, they were in, the, in the lunar cycle. Go ahead. And, and even the um, steps on the uh, that serpent mound, they make that shadow pattern that's purposely made. The, these are art, works of art. Also, um, I think that those since those circles that you showed uh, at the beginning of the program, I don't know what they are, but since they do have the equinox and the solstice, obviously coinciding with the calendar. And in Enoch, it talks about how the calendar works. That to me is basically um, how, how our solar system works, basically how our weather patterns work. When, when you read Enoch, you can see those circles can show you, how the sun is what moves in and out and brings the seasons in and out. Um, but I also wanted to say that I sent you a picture of this giant um, centipede. I mean, it's millions of times bigger than a regular centipede. So I don't know why people just can't like their brain won't go there. There's so many other evidences of giant animals. Just take a look. It's totally possible. Amen. Stephanie, come in and save me a second. Kevin, I'll be right with you. Come in and help me out here. Stephanie, am I crazy? Hey, Coach. Hey, everybody. You are definitely not crazy. And it was this Nephilim stuff that got me headed towards Jesus, like I said, because you occult people and people that believe in all that stuff, those spirits come from somewhere. These are those spirits. These are these are these mounds are everywhere. They've been hiding them. They're all over the place. There's probably one close to anyone listening to this, wherever you are. They're everywhere. You have to dig deep. The information's out there. The Smithsonian was digging up they, stuff. They were in China. They were in Israel. They're all down through South America, right? All over. You can look up again. Look up um, Zimmerman's book, The Encyclopedia. I mean, it literally shows you all the way, all the dates, the evidence. They used to put this stuff in the newspapers and they would find it. Oh, I'm, I'm telling I you. I mean, well, it was listen, common. Yeah. I got more coming. I got more coming. Real quickly, hey, Spencer, I just sent you a picture that, that Kevin sent me. Go ahead and throw it up there. Kevin, come on in. Throw that picture up there, Spencer, if you can. Brand new email. Yeah. yeah so that's, look, 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 folks. That's the picture. Kevin, explain this picture to us here. What is this picture? All right, so that's a 12-foot skeleton. Those are sold at Home Depot. They're for Halloween. They're put out in front of your yard. That's a scale-correct skeleton of a 12-foot being, 12-foot human, okay? So standing next to him is an average height guy, just so you can see the size difference between a man and a Nephilim, a tw- just, just a 12-footer coach. I mean, that's, I mean, they were even bigger than that, but that would be comparative to Goliath. Just so you can see, he could take you and snap you like a twig. Amen. <laughs> you definitely run from that guy, right? Evidently, they were able to move. They were able to move pretty. Hey, listen, I'm making anybody nervous out there. I'm not trying to make you nervous. I'm. T- I'm trying. I'm not trying to destroy your theology. They were giants, folks. It says in Genesis, say, Coach, well, you didn't run through all those those verses, did you? There were giants in the earth in those days and also after. Pull that up here, Spencer. Genesis 6. They got to see it again. They got to see it again. Genesis 6. Now, whether they're coming, whether they're coming back, whether they're the demons, I, I, we can debate all that, but we can't debate giants. Verse 4, there were giants in the earth in those days and also after that. 
When the sons of God came into the daughters of men and they bare children of them, the same became mighty men, which were of old men of renown. Folks, come on. It's right there. Debbie. Um, last Thursday, um, Doug Hagman's whole show was with Steve Quill and a young man named Adam. And they were, uh, did you see it? You saw it? They, that's all they were talking about was in the Four Corners uh, region. And he lives on the New Mexico side of that. And all of the caves and he even put his hand up against the print of a giant's hand to show. So even now they're discovering more and more just right like right in my backyard, actually, sort of. Yeah. What, have, what, is, what have we not discovered? That's, that's the question, isn't it? What have we not discovered? So pull up for me if you could. Look, now I'm going to stretch it, okay? <clears throat> I believe this. Some of you out there smarter than me, Joe, Larry, somebody help me here. I believe the Bible is the story of God entering into the world. Pretty much that's what it is. Judaism, Christianity come out of the Bible. But we also know that the Bible was written probably referring to, for the most part, the Middle East, a small area of the world, the Middle East. Don't beat me over the head if I'm getting this wrong. So this Bible was written in the Middle East, the birthplace of humanity. But what was it? Was there anything going on in North America or South America at that time? Was there anything going on in Asia? Were they just places there? No, 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 nothing was there. Have you thought about that? Because the Bible is focused. Remember that those guys, those disciples, what did they do? They took the gospel to the world. So if they took the gospel to the world, that must mean that there were other things going on in other parts of the world that aren't in this Bible. Am I safe to say that? Larry, am I safe to say that? That there are probably things going on in other parts of the world that aren't in the Bible because the Bible is a story about the history of, of God, creation of man, how it all started. So this is a holy relic, the Bible. But there's history outside of it. There's stuff going on outside of the Bible. Now I'm going to blow your mind. I saw this yesterday. Say, Coach, I, I don't even know if I can turn in here and watch you anymore, Coach, because you are uh, you're driving us away from the Bible. I got an email about that. You're taking us away from the Bible. You're teaching us non-biblical stuff. Well, yeah, it's called history. <laughs> it's called history. It's not non-biblical. It's just not in the Bible. So I found this Facebook page. Number two, face, Facebook freaks. Pull this up. This, this, this blew me away yesterday. I was just, this goes mysteries unsolved. And I just sat back, just scroll down through some of these things here, Spencer. Show the things that are going on in other parts of the world. What if Earth is like one of those uncontact, uncontacted tribes in South America, like the whole galaxy knows we're here, but they've agreed not to contact us until we figure it out for ourselves. In other words, here's our belief. I believe it's extra dimensional. I don't believe it's interdimensional. I don't believe it's another planet. I believe it's other dimensions. Okay, scroll on down here. Look at these. Look at some of these things. Brosus, Babylon 4th, 3rd century priest chronicler, described how an amphibian named Oens came from the Persian Gulf and taught the Sumerians all the advanced knowledge needed for civilized learning. Folks, this isn't a Christian website on Facebook. Unsolved mysteries and paranormal activities. Go on down. Keep going down. Next picture, Spencer. Whoa, what's this? Why an ancient giant skull with horns that was discovered during an archaeological excavation in Sayre in the 1880s. What? Going down. Uh, go ahead. We don't need that one. What's this? Evidence of an atomic blast in ancient times comes not only from Hindu verses, but also from ample extensions of fused glass fragments scattered throughout many deserts of the world. Silicon crystals curiously cast resemble remarkably the same fragments found after the nuclear explosion. What? Going down. Keep going. Whoa, 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 what? Russia's Siberian Valley of the Kings has once again amazed archaeologists with two new Scythian barrow burials and a unique crescent or sickle-shaped neck ornament that belonged to a high-ranking Scythian woman. What? 
Think on here. What's this? What's this? The mysterious ancient tablets that would rewrite human history. Keep going. Keep going. What is this? Not only is Barbador the largest pyramid-shaped Buddhist monument in the world, but it's also one of the most intricately designed structures on the planet. No one knows who built it. But what this original purpose was, it's currently a UNESCO World Heritage Site and a stunning example of Indonesian architecture. But it has also reclaimed the story as a Buddhist pilgrimage. Folks, do you understand that Jesus Christ came into the world to redeem the world? That there was a world outside the Bible, my friends. There was a world outside the Bible. And that's the world that Jesus Christ came to redeem. A 2,000-year-old fossil human footprint discovered in Australia, which indicates that the man who made them was running at the speed of a modern Olympic sprinter barefoot in the sand. What? What's this, huh? Proof of a parallel universe. Oh, well, that's, that's other world. I don't even know. What's this stuff here? Australian Aboriginal symbols are found on mysterious 12,000-year-old pillars in Turkey. A photo showing off one of the pillars that go wherever with a symbol carved out of an outer Australian Aboriginal. the same symbol. Okay, say, Coach, what are you, what are you saying? The point that I'm trying to make to you is this is the history of Christianity, Judaism, but friends, it doesn't necessarily cover all the history of the world outside of this. Call me a loony. Go ahead, Larry, then Joe. Yeah, you know, I have known folks that that, uh, claim to be Christians, and they're such Christians that, that they... They say that God will never tell you to do anything. He won't speak. He won't tell you a word that's not in the Bible. And I knew one such person. And then about a month later, after they told me that, I saw them in Walmart. And they told me, God just told me to come here and go talk to that guy right over there. And I says, that's impossible. And he says, what? I says, because you told me God couldn't tell you anything that wasn't in the Bible. And I ain't never read Walmart in the Bible. Joe Allen, come on in. Hey, Spencer, get that answers. In Gen- I got. Hang on a minute, Spencer. Hang on. I got answers in Genesis coming up. You trust them, don't you? Okay, hang on. Go ahead. Come on in. Was that Joe? Go ahead. Well, Coach was just explaining about a uh, nuclear blast or glass fragments. Look what just happened at the Pentagon when in 9-11 where we had a large opening and it went to a narrow face in Doug Hadman's class that he had two or I think it was on Thursday where he had those gentlemen who talk about the giants there were glass fragments going through these home, or these buildings that the are past built and it was a large opening went to a narrow area so they had glass fragments all over it so how do you have a nuclear explosion back in End times. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't. I don't know. You, do you know Paul Webb? Can you help us out here, Paul? I'm looking for something. Go ahead. Hey, Coach. Uh, a couple things. I'll be real brief. Uh, number one, the body of Christ is like Dorothy and the Wizard of Oz. You had Dorothy. He was trying to find her way home. You had the Tin Man that's trying to find some oil. You had the lion is trying to get some courage, and the scarecrow is trying to get a brain. And that's where the body of Christ is in many instances. <laughs> but also, too, I don't know if you mentioned this. Um, when they described the spies, when they came back from the, the trip, they described land flowing milk and honey, large things. Well, that's because of giants in the land that cultivated the land. And God was saying, hey, go get it. I've already prepared it for you. Go get it. You know. That's right. Folks, hey, thank you, Paul. Folks, let me let me show you something. Spencer, I don't know if you can do this real quick. Go to Facebook and search uh, Buckeye Lake Historical Society. That's where I live here, Buckeye Lake, okay? I'm, I'm going to tell you a story as I put this up. I'll get all of it. Naomi, Rochelle, keep, keep your thought. I'll get to you in a second. But I grew up uh, are you finding it, Spence? I kind of threw you a curveball there real quickly. Anyway, I went to Buckeye Lake Historical Society, and it shows us a picture of 
I got it on my screen, so I'm talking about it. Of Buckeye Lake Park. It used to be the, what they called the playground of America, Buckeye Lake Park. And it shows an aerial view of the dips and the skating rink and all that kind of stuff. <clears throat> and here, here we go. Good. Keep going. Good. Thank you. <clears throat> Scroll on down so everybody can see what I'm talking about. <clears throat> Keep going, Spence. There's, that's when they used to go to the Buckeye Lake Park. There's people out on the boat so at Buckeye Lake Park. Keep going, Spence. Oh, there it is. There's a crystal ball room and a swimming pool. And, and so I take my kids, my grandkids there regularly, right? And I try to explain to them what used to be right here at Buckeye Lake. This is what, it, this is what, right where you guys are standing. There was a, there was the crystal ball room. There was the skating rink. There was the park. There were the dips. And you know what? My own kids don't know this. And you know what's going to happen? In 20 years, I'm going to be dead, and there won't be anybody to tell the story of Buckeye Lake Park. Not firsthand knowledge. I had firsthand knowledge of Buckeye Lake Park when I was growing up. Oh, there's the queen of the lake. Oh, I could, I could tell you stories, right? So if we take that on a larger scale and we think, my goodness, there was stuff going on here, and there's nobody left to tell us what was going on. Are you, are you guys picking up what I'm saying? So back in those days, the only way history was shared was from person to person to person, and occasional notes notes maybe that they were taken. But there was a whole brand beautiful park, Cedar Point, Kings Island, right at Buckeye Lake. Do you think the people out there even know it? No. So think what we don't know all throughout history other than just what other people have told us. Come on in, Naomi. Amen about that, Coach. Um, you know, I, I've been in church all my life and um, graduated high school from what was called a college prep um, high school. And the teachers were from either Bob Jones or Tennessee Temple. We had Bible as one class and history as a separate, separate class. They never taught them together. And Isn't that I something? I never realized until years later as an adult that they were one in the same yes. should have been taught as one class, but they never did that. So we never did. programmed from our churches even. Amen. Exactly. Good. Dad going, I love the show. Good, good thought. Good thought. Who's, who's next in line here? Rochelle, then Craig, then Jack. There is so many things that, you know, this is revealing, Coach. Um, Isn't this great? Isn't this great, yeah. Rochelle? Does, that, does, this, what, does this build your faith or shake your faith? What? It, it, this can only build your faith, especially if you look into it. You know, if you look at this angelic rebellion and the Nephilim bloodline and the kingships it leads to and on and on to, you know, the Rosicrucians and the Bilderbergs and all the way down and the kings yes. of this earth, you're, yes. you're tying this together. And um, the the other thing I was thinking is that people believe the science of today, modern science, they've made it their God. So that if they believe in the this theory of evolution, all the modern science of today, um, that's what's holding them. That's where their bondage is and these strongholds that you're trying to knock, knock down are. Yes. Is, is they've made the science their God instead of God their God. And they, everyone, all of us need to start really questioning what we've been taught and find the hidden history of this planet. So, so, so Rochelle, Stephanie just texted me. She says, uh, good point, Stephanie. Well, people, you tell them about Bigfoot, Sasquatch, they don't have any trouble believing that, do they? They don't have any trouble believing that. No. <laughs> yeah. Into you tell that. them about angels, they don't have any trouble believing the guardian angel, but they don't believe in demons. Huh? They don't believe in that part of it. They'll believe anything unless it's in the Bible. Um, uh-huh. Anything unless it's in there. Craig and then Jack. Well, you, you posed the question, how did you have nuclear fission before we figured it out? Remember, I keep telling you about all the zeros and the electromagnetic <laughs> field. Okay. Yep. Yep. And I said that there's a part of the spiritual realm that has to do with the electromagnetic field. But what, what is a, a nuclear explosion at its, at its core? It's the separation of the magnetic field of atoms and neutrons, yep. splitting them apart. And they are held together by the electromagnetic field. So if the spiritual realm has an essence of that, then they certainly could do that. 
Okay. And then it goes into the thing that I always pose. Why? Wherever God in his true presence form, when he comes into our domain, so to speak, is he always around the presence of gold? Why in Eden was there in Havilah gold? Why do we walk on streets of gold in the new heaven and new earth? Hmm. Well, if you understand the electromagnetic field and that gold is electromagnetically inert, you'll begin a journey to understand those things. Easy, Craig. And you did it without any zeros, Craig. Oh, my goodness. Come on in, Jack. That was that was good, Craig. I like that. That was yeah. very, very good. We live in such a small world in our minds. Yes. When at the time of Noah, and, and you said you're going to have uh, Ken Hovind on soon. I hope you do because he can he pulls this together better than anybody I've ever dealt with. And when when God put his foot, wherever he put his foot and moved the axis of the earth, we have no comprehension of the forces that were released instantaneously. We, we, we think about it. We talk about it. The science talks about it. But the, it was so phenomenal that today, what, Craig, what's the, what's the temperature that, that sand turns into glass? When, when you're talking about um, moving the Earth's crust, I was, I was privileged to be there and watch the science. And I watched scientists, world-renowned, top marine geologists in the world, with their mouths open, just aghast. They couldn't believe this happened. We found water at 750 degrees Fahrenheit, 10,000 feet below the surface of the ocean. You think after 5,000 years, you think it wasn't maybe five times that temperature when God pushed the earth mm. then? You could easily have turned most of the desert into glass. Where do you think this all came from? This oh, is, come this on, is, Jack. Don Voss, come on in. Come on in, Don Boston, Paul. I, I love this whole crew. You guys, <laughs> you guys really expand everything. And uh, anyway, uh, Coach Buckeye Lake, that was man-made. What's it covering up? What's yeah. the rest of the story? Oh, don't go there, man. Don't go there. <laughs> What's under Buckeye? Especially with those Nephilim hills right over here, right, Jack? Or uh, right, uh, uh, <laughs> Don? What, what? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, yeah. Think about it. Why did they cover it up with a lake? Oh, my goodness. Dr. Paul. I did my first Bible study yesterday. <laughs> 60 years old. Anyway, I've been deconstructing. Hey, Paul, you've been doing them here for quite a while. I have, actually. Actually. Um, And anyway, so I had to, uh, we live in a big construct. Um, And this is a term I heard a long time ago. Um, And it's construct by evil men. I've had to deconstruct medicine and try to tease out the truth in this. And science is, in my mind, an idol. It's an ideology. It's, yes, it's it what is. Carl Jung talks about in terms of being addicted to the ideology. And you have my doctor friends are in a, at a trance. And when I say that, I literally think it's an evil trance. They mm. can't get past the science. And science, in my mind, is nothing more than man's explanation of God's miracles. Right. And I, it's just very confusing to me that uh, it's a mindset. They can't get they can't get past their mindset. We're in a quickening right now, a yes. quickening of 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 what's being revealed to us. It, it's this massive influx of information. It's all making sense on this forum. Um, yes. So I'm just going to keep my mouth shut and listen to you guys. <laughs> all right, Joanne, thirty eight oh five. Come on in. Thank you, brother. Yes, thank you. Um, I wanted to say the reason why we don't have those giants anymore, they went to Smithsonian Institution. Do you realize that it was at the time that Darwin and his theory was rampant around this country? Sure. Yes, ma'am. That that would sure blow the Darwinian, right? That we got smaller instead of bigger? Yeah, that wouldn't that wouldn't fit very well, would it? Good point, Joanne. Jessica. Two things, coach. 
To piggyback on what Rochelle said, what a lot of people are calling science is not science at all. It's pseudoscience. One of the yes. definitions to sum it up is any body of knowledge purported to be scientific or supported by science, but which fails to comply with the scientific method. It's not even science, what they're, what they're believing in. The other, not, thing not, is, the other thing is, I don't know why people will reference Josephus over and over and over when it comes to the death, the crucifixion and, and resurrection of Christ. Josephus is extra biblical, but they'll constantly reference that. But they they want to ignore all of this archaeological evidence and and historical evidence about the giants. It makes no sense whatsoever. No, it doesn't make sense. It could could some of the answers to the problems that we see be tied to that? And we don't even as as I said earlier, we don't even connect those two. As Naomi said, we talk Christianity and history as two different subjects. Boy, that. Naomi, that was a home run. Bernie, come on in. Yeah, thanks, Coach. Uh, you know, people get stuck in that paradigm. I know you've been talking about this for, for a long time, but I've been reading this book called The Age of Revelation, subtitled The Age of Reason, shown to be the age of infidelity. It was written by a guy named Elias Budno. And so I tell people, well, he was, a, well, he was president of the United States. Do you remember when Elias Budno was president of the United States? He was one of the no. presidents under the, under the Articles of Confederation. There were several presidents yeah. before Washington. <laughs> but anyway, he takes the town and he shows all all the. Um, wow! Yes, oh my it's amazing. History so called and science so called, right? You only Silver, learn, come you in. Learn so much. Yes, we do. So much we don't know. Silver. I was going to uh, elaborate a little bit on what Mister Zero said about gold. Gold is not electromagnetic. Gold only conducts electricity, but does not generate a magnetic field. And that's the unique thing about it. That's so it's neutral. It's one of the reasons it's so powerful, because it doesn't have an, an electromagnetic field that's generated that could be uh, used for something else. But wow. that's it. Unbelievable. Craig caught a good one on us there. Hey, real quickly, because I promised this and didn't get to it. Answer in Genesis. Pull that up for me real quick there, Spence. Giants in the Bible. Folks, I was going to blow you away because this is a pretty reputable source, isn't it? Answers in Genesis, Ken Ham. And yeah, this put this in the chat for him. Introduction, Giants in the Bible. He talks about them, where you find them, how big they were. Just scroll, just slide on down through there. And folks, why is this subject so, stop right there a minute. Why is this subject so non, you can't go there in American churches. Why is that? I don't know. 14th year, Cherodom and the kings that were with him came and attacked the Raphaim and at these places at Karnam, at Zuham and Ham and Enam and Shabbat, wherever, and the Horites and the mountain of Seir. And then they turned back and came to in Mishpat. This is Genesis 14, 15 through 17. Scroll on down quickly. It's all throughout the Bible. The Amorites, the Emim, tells you who they are. The Zuman, the Zamzuman, the land of Ammon. Keep on going. It's the Raphaim. They're all throughout the Bible. Answers in Genesis, the Nephilim. These are the giants. The land, the Anikam, the different groups. Are you kidding me? Goliath, oh, he had brothers. No, other giants in the Bible. No, tell me they weren't in there. Oh, yes. Oh, no. No, an Egyptian giant? No way, huh? Folks, answers in Genesis. This ain't Coach Dave Live. Extra biblical references to giants, folks. And you walk into a church, they throw you out if you bring it up. If you walk into a church and mention Nephilim, they throw you out. Wait a minute, stop there. Hey, stop, go back there. Look at this in the Bible. Do you know that? Spiders, 12 inches long, moles, 11 inches, centipedes, 13 inches, snails. Because why? The Nephilim blood polluted everything. Eight foot long scorpions, seven and a half foot long beavers, armadillos, 13 feet long, turtles, 16 feet long, fish, 19 feet long. I like to hook one of those. huh? It's all there, friends. They haven't hid it from us. They just haven't told us about it. 
Put this in the chat. Snakes, oh, what to say about snakes? 42 foot long, a shark, 65 foot long, octopuses with 100 foot long tentacles. Oh my goodness. What's that old saying? It's not what you know that's dangerous. It's what you don't know. Are you kidding me? There's a whole world out there to be uh, exposed, revealed. What a time to be alive. Hope you still love me. See you tomorrow.